If there is one thing that Hollywood knows, it's money. On today's show, we're covering some iconic cinematic examples of what to do, and more importantly, what not to do when it comes to your finances. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam. Welcome once again to Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton for Dual Financial Strategies. And without Sam Dual and Andy Schooler this week, we do have Luke Van Abel. And uh, happy to tell you once again that that phone number that we will be giving you often once again for Your Retirement anywhere in the Fox Valley is 866-203-7486. Well, we're going to go about 2,500 miles away from the Fox Valley to Hollywood, which is not exactly known for preparing us for life in the real world as we know luke so there's phone numbers like kl5 and 555 you've seen those on the shows right now because nobody has a 555 exchange it's Mm -hmm. a fictitious number and while the big screen was not created with the intention to offer financial guidance to audiences uh, a lot of lessons can be learned on what to do and maybe as you said before the break perhaps more importantly what not to do so that being said we've got a few famous movie quotes here lined up and we're about to put the advisor on the hot seat so are you ready to well you need a hot seat although it's getting warmer uh, this week in in wisconsin i understand you're gonna have a little snow melt uh, we're gonna put you on a hot seat anyway here and uh, are you ready to dive in with this now i certainly am all right here is the first quote i am not a destroyer of companies i am a liberator of them the point is ladies and gentlemen that greed for lack of a better word, is good. All right, now that clip comes from Wall Street, and it's probably one of the most famous lines from the 1987 Oliver Stone film. Gordon Gecko, who was played by everybody's uh, villain, uh, Michael Douglas. Remember when he tried to kill Gwyneth Paltrow in that other movie, <laughs> uh, The Perfect Murder? He delivered that speech in that movie. Now, I want to know how uh, this relates to financial planning, and in your opinion, is greed a good thing? Well, first on greed, I wouldn't say that greed is a, a good thing in and of itself. I mean, the um, what I do think is is good, um, that sort of, I, th- I think when my mind goes to greed, it thinks of the capitalistic market that we have here in the United States that certainly promotes um, the prospect of being able to have larger gains and grow companies and, you know, that being a huge motivator towards the extreme of um, what I think then some people fear is you know, this greedy side of companies where they're only looking out for their best interest. So I wouldn't say that greed's a good thing because, you know, that's an intense or excessive desire for wealth or power. And I think when that comes into play, you know, companies, people maybe start to make compromises on what they feel uh, would be the best. And so greed isn't good, but I think entrepreneurship um, capitalism, that is a wonderful thing. And I think when, you know, we look at the, the, um, the market in the United States, I think that, you know, there's a lot of priority on success and successful companies and that empathy really plays a big part in driving capitalism, maybe over greed, just because, you know, these companies are really having to look out for, um, consumers, their customers doing what's in their best interests. And I think when we're talking about finances, that's ultimately what needs to be done. You need to have somebody working for you that's ultimately going to make the right decisions for you 
as a fiduciary and do what's in your best interest and not just sell you something um, that maybe you don't need or that wouldn't benefit you over your retirement years. All right, let's go to clip number two now. Let's hear this one. I got in early on some wireless IPOs and the stuff just skyrocketed from there. What about you, Greg? What line of work are you in? I'm in healthcare. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. There are a lot of Benjamins being made right now with the biotech stuff. Yeah, I don't have to tell you that. How's your portfolio? I'd say strong to quite strong. Yeah, yeah. strike while the iron's hot. All right, now this is, of course, from Meet the Parents, uh, where Kevin, played by Owen Wilson, and Greg, played by Ben Stiller, are discussing their portfolios. And now uh, we, some of us can relate to this one. It reminds me of being uh, at the water cooler prior to starting a show, and you're trying to not stick like a sore thumb uh, while coworkers discuss investments. We talk about that a lot here in our studios. So what are your thoughts, Luke, as to how this relates to the world of financial planning? Yeah, I mean, naturally, they're talking here about, you know, taking advantage of the dip- different opportunities that are are presenting themselves. And certainly, you know, with an IPO or a company like that, um, you know, new companies on the market, you know, there's there's this tendency to want to buy in early to reap the big benefits. But when we're talking about retirement planning, um, most people aren't wanting to bet the farm, so to speak, on some new company that maybe doesn't have a proven track record because that could spell disaster for what you've been saving and investing for for the last 20, 30, 40 years. So in addition, in the context of financial planning, preparing for retirement, if you are in the what we call the retirement red zone, meaning you've got less than five years, maybe even less than three years until your desired retirement date, now is the time to start getting your fiscal house, um, your goals, your plans for retirement in order um, because, you know, you're sort of running out of time. And now the iron is definitely hot. Things are fresh in your mind. You need to start making the all important decisions today. One of the biggest comments we hear from there, I hear specifically from the classes that I've been teaching at local universities is that, man, I wish I would have known this information sooner. So the best time to start planning for retirement was yesterday, but the second best time is today. So if you've got questions, if you've got concerns, and I know that you do, um, act now and, you know, realize that we've got pretty favorable conditions today from a tax perspective, but you're ultimately going to be losing that paycheck from work and that income needs to come from somewhere else. So where, when, and how is that going to happen? All right, let's go to the next clip here. Nobody. Okay, if you're Warren Buffett or if you're Jimmy Buffett, nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles, least of all stockbrokers. All right, now that comes from the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, so what are your thoughts about Matthew McConaughey's line in uh, that particular film? Well, it's so true, and you probably hear people say it over and over, but we don't have a crystal ball. I mean, even though we sit in this world, we have some ideas, we have some thoughts on, you know, what's going on, what's happening in different economic cycles, but, you know, we don't know for sure. Um, The real focus should be on the things that we can control, and as you're getting closer to retirement, as you're in that retirement red zone, the things we can control are your tolerance for risk. You know, how much risk exposure do you have? How much are you comfortable with? If you haven't revisited this in the last six months to a year, 
potentially even longer. Now is the time to revisit your appetite for risk. You can do that through our website, dualstrategies.com. Up in the upper right corner, there's uh, a link for something that says, what's your risk number? Uh, that'll link you right to Riskalyze. It's going to give you a risk score between 1 and 99. And later, as we continue to have discussions, and we'll talk more about what this looks like later, um, we can compare your portfolio, what you own now, to your risk score to know, are you on the right path? Are you taking less risk or maybe you're taking significantly more risk than you think you're taking um, and now could be a great time to make some tweaks and changes to your overall investment portfolio so that um, it can stay with you for the rest of your retirement years. All right, here's another Hollywood clip for us here. Uh Borrow a few bucks, just a small loan, and we find ourselves some reasonable logic. It's a good plan. And we'll keep track of all the money we spend with IOUs. We'll be meticulous, right down to the last penny. Whatever we borrow, we pay back. We're good for it. This is the hotel presidential suite, normally reserved for royalty. We'll take it! All right, that, of course, is uh, Jim Carrey, Jeff Daniels in Dumb and Dumber discussing how uh, taking out a small loan and uh, reasonably spending the money on lodging uh, is a good thing. <laughs> so how about this one? Well, I have to say that I really like this movie. Um, Dumb and Dumber's classic favorite of mine. Um, my brother and I, my wife and I, we quote it all the time. But the title kind of gives it all away, Dumb and Dumber, right? I mean, poor decision after poor decision. So taking money out or taking consumer loans out, taking loans from 401ks, generally not a good idea. Um, you know, failing to live within your means, this could spell rightful disaster for retirement. So not only would you, you know, not only in these situations, maybe, you know, a question that we get is, you know, what about taking a loan from a, a 401k? So not only are you losing the compound interest that's associated with that money staying invested, there could be higher taxes owed on that because if you're still working, you still have that other income coming in. And now on top of that, you're taking distributions that presumably are going to be taxed. All right. We've only got about 30 or 40 seconds now. We may not get to all six of these, but we're going to number five here. And one of my favorite actors. My grandmother gave me a savings bond when I was a kid. I get uh, $25 in 1993, so that'll be good. <laughs> oh. Well, that's Adam Sandler, of course, the wedding singer, uh, which was supposed to be set in the 80s and came out in the mid-90s. And so what can we learn from Adam Sandler's character, Robbie Hart, as uh, it relates to the world of financial planning as we wrap it up? Well, as we look back, I mean, when we're talking about savings bonds, bonds in general, um, back in the 80s, I mean, interest rates were uh, much higher than they are today. So, you know, getting a safe rate of return in the bond world uh, was um, stronger likelihood than it is today. But I think what we have to realize, too, is, first of all, that the bond market is much larger than the stock market. Most people don't know that because the talking heads on TV just talk mostly about the stock market. But bond prices are inf influenced heavily by interest rates. And there's this inverse or teeter-totter effect that as interest rates rise, then bond prices have to fall in order to incentivize investors to still buy a bond that you might only be able to get a lower interest rate on 
now that interest rates have climbed up. So we got to keep that in mind. All right. So Hollywood meets the financial world here on uh, Dual Financial Strategies, Your Retirement. And once again, you can get that retirement lifestyle review at no cost, no obligation by giving them a phone call and making that appointment anywhere in the Fox Valley from Green Bay to Appleton at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And Sam uh, will uh, uh, cordially give you the second printing of his book, Purpose Determines Placement. So again, no cost, no obligation. With over a score of years of experience, dual financial strategies, the Retirement Lifestyle Review, 866-203-7486. We're going to deal with fake news next, aren't we? We are. Fake news has become the norm, and it can be hard to separate fact from fiction. So backed by popular request, financial advisor Mythbusters is back to clear up some of these common and controversial misconceptions. Stick around. back on your retirement and uh, i'm chuck caton along with luke van abel he's uh, alone in the studio here uh, with uh, sam duel and andy schooler out on assignment this is your retirement uh, that retirement lifestyle review can be yours at 866-203-7486 now uh, you've asked we've answered uh, so uh, it's time to bring the financial mythbuster, mr van abel uh, into the mix to help clear up some of the myths and disinformation surrounding uh, financial planning I'm going to give you a premise, Luke, and you're going to tell me whether it's uh, fact or fiction, myth or factual. All right, let's start with uh, long-term care insurance. Uh, everybody says it can be expensive and is a uh, use-or-lose proposition, but it's the only game in town. Well, Chuck, that would be that would be a myth if we're talking about um, you know long-term care insurance being the only game in town. Um, there's a variety. There's really two other options that families have um, when we're talking about aging population how do we cover those expenses that aren't covered by medicare um, once we are ultimately retired and the first being that families can self-insure you know you can use your assets spend down your assets as you need long-term care um, as i was teaching a class um, last week, I had a lady in there who had just had to put her mother in a long-term care facility, um, and she said it was $150,000 um, here in Northeast Wisconsin to wow. do that. So those were even higher than some of the averages that I talked about in the course. Um, the other option, in addition to traditional long-term care, where we know that the average premium for, say, a 55-year-old man in the United States has been running around $2,200 per year. But the alternative to a traditional plan where you pay premiums, if you need that money for long-term care, of course it's there. But like our auto insurance plans, it's use or lose. So if you don't need it for long-term care, well, then you've paid this premium, which have grown and we've seen premiums double from year to year, um, well, then you just lose out on that money. The alternative is using something called hybrid long-term care, um, which will prioritize not losing control of the funds. So what do I mean by that? So with traditional long-term care, you lose because 
If you pass away, you haven't used it. As I've mentioned, you've lost out on those premiums. With hybrid long-term care, this gives you the option to use those funds for long-term care if you need them while you're living. But if you don't, then a loved one is still going to receive a death benefit, which is often around what the amount of money that you've put into it. So from a dollars and cents standpoint, you're going to use more money up front. But in the end, you're going to have more control of the money because either you use it for long-term care or somebody benefits from you setting that money aside. So this could be a fantastic way to solve for long-term care, but you do still have to qualify. Uh, But the qualifications for hybrid long-term care are much easier than traditional long-term care. All right, here's another uh, question for you. Median uh, retirement savings for baby boomers amount to just over $200,000 per household. Is that true? That is fact, Chuck, according uh, that, to, That's alarming, actually. It is alarming. I mean, a, this is according to a recent survey that was conducted by Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies. And they conducted, conducted this study actually last year. So this is pretty recent information. And the baby boomers have, and this, so this isn't across all ages. This is specifically for baby boomers. They have a median uh, retirement savings of $202,000 save for retirement. Wow. And while that might sound like a high number, I guess it doesn't to me, but maybe to some people it would, depending on where you're at relative to that number. It's all perspective. That would only amount to $8,000 a year or $650 a month if we're using the 4% rule. So depending on where you fall, depending on what you have saved for retirement um, and your lifestyle ultimately is going to determine whether that would be enough or not. But with the rising costs out there of just everyday goods, um, it's going to get more and more challenging to retire on that level of assets. Absolutely. All right. Is this a myth? All debt is bad. Well, that's a myth-ish, we'll say, um, because it does depend on the type and the purpose of the debt. So I kind of categorize debt in in two broad ways. So mortgage debt and consumer debt, those are completely different animals. Um, I would categorize mortgage debt, especially for those that have taken out mortgages in the last few years, 15 years even, with the low interest rate environments that we've had, and with real estate appreciating in value, I mean, you're building equity in your own home, your own place that you live. Um, but I think when most of us think about debt, we think about that consumer debt, the credit card debt, the automotive debt, the things that aren't necessarily going to appreciate in value, um, that would not, I would categorize that more in the in the bad camp. We want to reduce that as much as possible. When we're sliding into retirement, we want to have as much of that paid off, if not all of it paid off long before we retire, just so we don't have that same burden, that same pressure um, on assets and income needs. Um, it's going to help you be able to have that money last that much longer if we don't have that debt going into retirement. We're talking about uh, financial and retirement myths and misconceptions with Luke Van Abel here of Dual Financial Strategies. And I guess another uh, myth or fact you tell me is uh, that you should never discuss financial issues with significant others, such as friends or family or co-workers. I'd say that's a myth. I mean, we have gone through um, I think periods, I mean, when I was growing up, I mean, pretty much everybody said, well, you don't, you don't talk about mat- money matters with other people. And I think we have to be careful who we're, 
we're speaking with and, and, and know our audience a little bit. Um, if, if we know somebody is kind of shown themselves to not be as prudent with money, you know, maybe we don't have that conversation or if we do, of course we take it with a grain of salt. Um, but I mean, given that we haven't been talking about this for decades, I think it's time that we start having some conversations around money so that we can learn from those around us, those that have gone before us, maybe the generation before us. What have they done well? What were some of the um, things they regret? Um, That's, you know, oftentimes what I hear when I'm talking to people is that, gosh, they wish they would have started sooner. They would have, you know, foregone some of those other purchases to make more regular contributions to their retirement accounts or to their savings account to give them greater flexibility later on when it comes time to retirement. Um, A great place to start having this conversation would be to call our office. Uh, This is what we've done for the last 20 years is helped people in or near retirement. So if you want somebody who can be your advocate that can work for you. That's what we're here for. All right. uh, But this is this factor fiction. 60% of Americans believe that Social Security benefits uh, will make up the majority of their retirement savings. That's a fact. They did another survey um, that said that 60% of Americans believe this, that that's going to make up the vast majority of their retirement income. Um, Now, this doesn't mean that those surveyed haven't been utilizing, you know, other forms of savings or other savings instrument, maybe a pension, 401k or IRAs. But they just the vast majority of people believe that Social Security will be the primary pot of money um, that's that's taken for their retirement income needs. All right. And that's from Statista. Like Batista, (laughs) (laughs) in honor of John Rahm, I guess, who won the uh, the uh, Masters last weekend from Spain. All right. uh, Myth or fact, you've got to have a lot of money if you want to invest. That's a myth. You do not need a lot of money. I mean, we any of us just have to think back to when we started investing um, and we made those initial investments just maybe a little bit every single month. And it snowballs over time because that compound interest is a wonderful thing. And pretty soon we've got what might amount to a medium or large or excessive amount of retirement savings. So you do not need a lot to start. The important part is just making that regular contribution. And once I think you start to see the benefit of that that money piling up and snowballing, then you really can see how this could become a a huge player in your retirement income. All right, Luke, here's a trick question for you. Maybe this shows up on an SAT exam or a law school exam. Your Social Security benefits begin at the age of 63. They do not. That is a myth. Um, You can start receiving Social Security benefits as early as age 62, Uh, But benefits will be significantly lower than what your projected full retirement of benefit amount would be. Um, So for most people today, we'll actually talk about what that number is. Um, Probably going to be 66 to 67 years old. If you take it early, you're going to get a reduction. If you wait, you can wait even beyond your full retirement age. If you do that, um, you wouldn't want to wait any longer than age 70, as that is when your benefits will maximize, get maximi- maxed out. You would not make any more by waiting any longer than that. All right. And as we wrap this segment up, uh, is this a myth? I guess with the recent uh, uh, developments, safest place for my money's in the bank, right? Well, that's a myth-ish. So it depends. I mean, different 
companies carry different levels of risk. Different banks carry different levels of risk. Different, you know, banks make different decisions on what they're going to invest in and who they're going to work with. I mean, I, I think the most recent example of the Silicon Valley Bank goes to show, um, kind of shed some light on this because, you know, they were working with companies that were out in Silicon Valley, taking a lot of risk with regard to the types of tech companies and so forth that they were affiliated with. Um, And furthermore, uh, the bank crisis isn't an indicator for everyone to run and maybe just withdraw all their money from the bank. It should make us sort of reevaluate the money that we do have in the bank because, you know, we do have FDIC insurance that comes to mind. Um, But we should be careful to understand what's the purpose of that money in the bank. Um, You know, do we have maybe more than we should? Do we have more than the FDIC insurance amount? Um, And, or do we have more than maybe what our emergency needs would be? Because if we have that, well, now we might be losing out on some earning power with inflation here in April of 2023, hovering around 6%. All right. Well, uh, that's uh, the uh, gospel according to Luke. No pun intended and no uh, (laughs) blasphemy certainly intended with Luke Van Abel of uh, Dual Financial Strategies. That number is 866-203-7486. That's where you're going to get that uh, no cost, no obligation sit down uh, with either Luke or Andy or Sam uh, to get that retirement lifestyle review and get you going on the path to a true successful retirement. Once again, give them a call, uh, whether you want to visit with them in the Green Bay office or the Appleton office, anywhere in the Fox Valley, it's 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. What's coming up in the next segment, Luke? How do we even know what questions to ask a financial advisor? When we get back, we'll answer some of the biggest retirement planning questions to give you an edge over others. Welcome back to Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton with Luke Van Abel, who is uh, alone in the studio this week uh, as uh, Sam and Andy are on assignment, as we mentioned before, here for Your Retirement. That Retirement Lifestyle Review can be yours very simply uh, by calling uh, for an appointment at no cost, no obligation to sit down uh, with Luke at uh, 866-203-7486. Luke Van Abel at my side. And there's a lot of questions that uh, folks ask themselves when they're planning for retirement. And oftentimes, these questions stem from wondering exactly uh, how this stage of life is going to play out. And so in an effort to help you properly prepare for your financial future, uh, we've got a list of questions here I'm going to pose to Luke that uh, so many pre-retirees and retirees, people like yourself in the audience, uh, might ask yourselves uh, and uh, might ask a professional uh, in the process. I guess this is an elementary question, uh, Dr. Watson. (laughs) That is, uh, how much do I need to retire? Well, that is the million dollar question. And depending on who you talk to, they might say, you know, a million and a half or two million dollars in order to retire. Um, I hear that a lot. But the amount of money that each person or each family needs for retirement is going to vary widely depending on a few factors. But some of the biggest factors or the biggest factor is the lifestyle that you want in retirement. Everyone's lifestyle is going to look different. In Northeast Wisconsin, of course, we benefit from pretty reasonable um, housing costs and so forth. Not certainly like Chicago or some of the other big cities. But if you haven't tackled or 
started to take a look at what you've been spending leading up to retirement. I'd highly encourage that you start to track that a little bit. I don't mean necessarily go out and start budgeting, but at least get a grasp on what are you spending? What is it costing you to live your life? Pull your credit card statements, pull your bank statements, and get an idea of, on average, what is it costing you to live? Um, Once you have a good understanding of that, we can have a discussion more specifically about then what your goal should be for retirement as far as the amount of assets. Because again, it's more about your lifestyle and your income needs at this stage of the game than it is about net worth or some other number that someone else is talking about. All right. Here's another question for you. Is it possible for me to retire early? Uh, Many would ask. Yeah, that's a that's a question that we commonly get. I think there's a lot of desire um, to be able to do that. I mean, first, we have to revert back to that lifestyle that we were just talking about. What is it going to cost you to live in retirement? Um, once you've got a grasp on that, there are a few other factors to consider when it comes to determining how financially prepared you are to retire early, um, because, you know, it takes Um, a different set of planning, a different set of um, rules, if you will, because, you know, you're not going to be eligible for Social Security if you're if you're retiring before 62, which would be early. You're not going to be eligible to take distributions from your traditional, you know, 401k plan or IRAs or 403bs prior to age 59 and a half. So you really have to think um, early about this, having some different buckets of money in place. Um, Another big factor um, in retiring early is health insurance. So health insurance, we have to have a plan for health insurance um, so that, you know, you're covered and can get your premiums in a reasonable arena so that we don't blow up your retirement plan or force you to work longer than maybe you'd hope to just to cover health care. Mm-hmm. All right, Luke, how long will my money last in retirement? Some would ask. Well, it depends on how much money you plan to spend. It, this is a this has been a theme for this segment. Um, but how much do you plan to spend? How much do you have in savings or retirement so far? Um, your withdrawal rate, you know, how much are you going to need to pull out of the assets that you've set aside? Um, and, you know, it's estimated. So there was um, some information put out by the Department of Labor, and they estimate that the average American will spend about 20 years in retirement. So the goal needs to be that we have at least 20 years of retirement savings. And I would argue, you know, as we plan for conservative families, both fiscally and financially that we plan for even longer than the 20 years because we don't want to plan for 20 years and then all of a sudden you live 23 years because those last three years without any money that's going to be rough absolutely all right rudimentary question again how do i save for retirement luke how do you save for retirement? Well, there's a lot of different financial tools for building your nest egg, um, certainly taking advantage of like a 401k plan, but maybe you don't have a 401k plan um, option through work. Um, there's other tools available. We could talk about the specifics of those, but rudimentary question, the basic answer is start setting money aside. Start putting money away that you're going to earmark and not touch for the next, you know, if you're 20, that you're not going to touch for the next 35 or 40 years and watch it 
build over time. We've got a lot of listeners here that are approaching retirement, maybe five to 10 years away, and they're looking ahead to quitting their job. So when should they take their Social Security benefits is a salient question. That it is. I mean, a lot of people base their retirement on when they're going to take Social Security. You can start receiving benefits for Social Security as early as age 62. Um, You can wait to take it till closer to age Uh, your full retirement age, 66 or 67. And then ultimately you wouldn't wait any longer than age 70 to pull. But keep in mind, you know, we kind of throw out those three different numbers. But as you wait, like if if you weren't going to retire till, say, 65 years old, or you're deciding whether you should retire at 65 or 65 and a half, Social Security will provide that growth in the payment down to the month that you wait. So if you wait an additional six months, they're going to credit you a half a year's worth of additional income uh, growth over the rest of your life. But ultimately, a financial advisor, our team at Dual Strategies can help assist in determining when taking Social Security would be most appropriate for you, because this is a very personal decision that should be based on a variety of other factors like how much do you have saved? How long do you think you're going to live? Of course, none of us knows for sure, but, you know, starting to think about how long we might live is going to be a factor. And, you know, what do we ultimately want to happen with the money? Do you have strong goals that the money get passed on to the next generation? Um, Do you want to provide an inheritance? If you do, that's going to play a big part in when you take Social Security because Social Security is not giftable to anybody else. I think a lot of people are confused, too, with uh, what is full retirement age. Yeah, full retirement age, according to Social Security Administration, this the law raised the full retirement age beginning with people born in 1938 or later. So the retirement age gradually has increased by a few months for every birth year until it reaches 67 for people born in 1960. So between 1938 and 1960, it's grown. If you're born after 1960, then your full retirement age is 67. It's no longer the 65 when you were ultimately eligible for um, your Medicare benefits. Um, And while the initial eligibility age for retirement benefits has been 62, the longer you wait to claim your Social Security benefits, the better that payment's going to be for the rest of your life. And if you're married, um, remember that the higher of the two payments stays, but the lower one goes away. So that higher payment by delaying Social Security is going to follow one or both of you for a long period of time. Absolutely. Questions that you should ask your um, uh, financial advisor. Should I take my pension as a lump sum or in monthly installments? But lots of people will say, what's a pension? <laughs> yeah, well, a pension is a, a life lifetime income plan because, you know, and the reason Chuck's joking about what's a pension, because the vast majority of you no longer have a pension. It's something like 85% of people today do not have a pension because the companies um, out there have shifted the burden of responsibility onto you to save into 401ks and other instruments. But some important things to understand if you are fortunate enough to have a pension is that you will owe federal income tax at your regular rates or ordinary income rates or the rates at which you've um, earned income over your career. And so all those will be taxable in addition to most of the other income that you'll have coming in.
most people will have the option to take what's called a lump sum payout. Now, if you take a lump sum payout and put it in your pocket, then the entire amount is taxable. But it would be worth exploring taking a lump sum, uh, what we call distribution, or really kind of a rollover, transitioning that money from the pension plan into your own IRA instrument, uh, because then if it's done that way, you do not have to pay any taxes. You have much more control over that pension. You, um, A lot of the pensions that do exist today have been frozen, meaning there's not a lot of growth over time. But depending on when you're going to retire, you can position that money to, to maybe grow or produce more of a paycheck for you down the road. Um, so if you haven't had somebody take a look at your pension, I highly recommend it. That's something that we do all the time for families is to give them sort of a second opinion on, okay, they're going to provide X amount in income for you or X amount of income for you and a spouse, but you have this lump sum benefit. Here's the implications if you take the lump sum, here's the pros and cons if you take the income payment over your lifetime. All right, 30 seconds on how much you're going to pay in taxes in retirement. That's a biggie. That is a biggie. Most people um, are not thinking about taxes when it comes to their nest egg and retirement planning. This is all going to depend on the amount of income that you have coming in. Do you have a pension? How much Social Security? Um, how much in assets? But if you haven't been having these discussions with your advisor, now is the time to do it. Give us a call. Um, this is why we start talking about Roths and Roth conversions and how can we save and keep more of the money that you've saved for in your pocket because with proper tax planning, Man, the amount of money that you can save over your lifetime is huge. Tens of thousands of dollars in many cases. Absolutely. So this is why you've got to call Dual Financial Strategies to uh, strategize your retirement uh, with their Retirement Lifestyle Review. And it comes at no cost, no obligation. That initial consultation with Sam, Andy, or Luke comes uh, at the, uh, the behest of you giving the call at 866-203-7486. Once again, that's 866-203-7486 to get that retirement lifestyle review so you can have your questions answered. We just went over about seven or eight of these questions, but you may have more that you want to ask about your retirement as you're approaching that retirement red zone several years away from retirement. Once again, Dual Financial Strategies can help you. 866-203-7486. Well, we've got to take a break again, Luke, but I know you are uh, eager to answer some questions, aren't you? It's that time again. You have your questions, and up next, we put the advisors on the spot to give some questions and answers. Stick around for more. Question and answer segment here. Chuck Caton with you, Dual Financial Strategies. This is your retirement. That's the name of the program. And with Sam and Andy on uh, assignment, we have Luke Van Abel in studio ready to go uh, with your questions. And again, if you missed that phone number earlier uh, to get that retirement lifestyle review uh, as you prepare for retirement, uh, give them a call at Dual Financial Strategies at 866 203 7486. Well, we've got five questions here from various and sundry places here in Wisconsin. You're all set to go, Luke, uh, to answer them? I am. All right, let's go to uh, our boy, and Jerry is there. Uh, he says, I've listening, uh, been listening to the show for months. 
and I'm finally ready to come in and talk about my retirement. I'm actually very, very excited about this. So, Luke, could you explain what this experience is going to be like for me? Yes, Jerry. Thanks for reaching out. Thanks for getting on the calendar. Um, once you've reached out, you know that you're going you're gonna to talk to Rick in the office, have a conversation with him. He's going to gather a little information from you so that we can make the most of our first time together. We do send out an introductory packet that's just going to outline some things to bring along, introduce who you're going to talk to. And then from there, when we set that meeting, we set up a first time to discuss your situation. This time is for you. I mean, we talk on the radio about certain questions that are popular, but you're going to have your own questions. You're going to have your own burning concerns in the back of your mind about this transition into retirement. And I want you to bring those in. I want you to bring those to the table so that we can start talking about those things that are pertinent to you. We're not selling you anything. We're merely having a discussion about what you ultimately have worked for. What are your goals? Um, what would you like to accomplish? And to see if that matches up with what we do. And if we can provide value we will help you do that. If we can't, um, we'll try to give you as many pointers as we can to get you steered in the right direction. Um, and that would be our first discussion. And then from there, we would determine whether we need another discussion to maybe take a little deeper dive into maybe risk. What's your allocation? Is that all appropriate? But ultimately, it's just one step at a time and giving you the opportunity to speak what's been on your mind and bounce some ideas off a of fiduciary that's there to work in your best interest. And that's the key. Uh, when we talk about being fiduciary standards, that's uh, what they have at uh, Dual Financial Strategies. And there's no one uh, way to do this. It's all about your retirement, your uh, amount uh, of a lifestyle and the amount of money you have in retirement and how to save more. So again, uh, one size does not fit all. Let's go to Nina now. Rebecca is there. And she says uh, that she plans to retire at the age of 63 and then take social security at that time. And she's four years away from it now. She says, I've got a mix of uh, financial accounts. So I'm looking for suggestions on how to best or maybe reconfigure or combine these accounts once I stop working. Uh, how do you go about accepting your retirement funds and do you move uh, a once a month amount into your checking account uh, basically i just want to know the easy way to basically set it and forget it yeah you want the easy button there's a company that had the easy button where we just push that right rebecca uh, make the transition into retirement a lot easier um first of all with the uh, the comment on combining accounts that's something that's it's difficult to say without seeing you know, your statements, what you have. That's why, as we were talking about with Jerry in the last question, what it looks like in the first visit, what it looks like, the experience coming to talk to us, we'll have you bring statements to that first meeting so that we can get an overview of what do you have, what's the qualification or what type of accounts do you have, because certain accounts can be combined simplified, which reduces all that extra stuff they send to you in the mail and maybe the emails that you get. But certain accounts can absolutely not be commingled. It would cause more trouble um, than it's worth, and it's not even allowed. So we wouldn't want to go down that rabbit trail. Um, as far as income from portfolios, that's the biggie when it comes to retirement is ultimately flipping the switch from you know the work income to the 
uh, retirement portfolio income. And most commonly, families will set up a, a monthly draw or a monthly amount of income that will flow to your checking account or to your address of record if you receive a check. Um, because that's just how we kind of spend money. We've sort of budgeted, we think about it in terms of our monthly needs. And so having that regular monthly paycheck will make it very easy um, to continue to focus on the things that you want, Rebecca, in retirement while still having the income needed to accomplish that. All right, Dan is in Green Bay. He says, I'm going to be retiring in 20 months. Uh, my pension is only taxed with the assumption that it's my only source of income and doesn't take into account that I'm also drawing from uh, uh, my 457B account. Now, is there any way to avoid what I'm worried will be a huge tax bill? Hi, Dan. Yes, the pension is absolutely taxable. Um, you'll make the election when you complete the the paperwork to take that pension um, as to the amount of withholdings that you'd like to have. Some companies, yes, they will biased towards a much larger withholding than maybe you would need because they're not accounting for um, other retirement income, whether it's working, whether it's retirement assets, you name it. Um, I would say when it comes to pensions, get a second opinion on the pension. Um, they're going to provide you a statement with, um, you know, the, the monthly benefit that you would receive. Maybe you're fortunate enough to have a lump sum amount that you can take out of there. Have somebody look at that to see if taking the pension for your lifetime is worth it or whether there may be some um, other avenues that can be done with pulling that money out, putting it in an IRA, and f taking a little bit more control, having more flexibility from a variety of factors, one being taxes, um, because if you can have that money in an IRA, now you can control that spigot a little bit more of how much you're going to pay in taxes. So we should meet um, to discuss the uh, pension and overall income taxes that you're going to have for retirement. All right, Barbara is in Oshkosh, and she says, my daughter has just finished her residency, and I'm very, very proud of her. And uh, while I have stressed uh, to her the importance of investing her money, she's been so swamped the last few, uh, few years. But now that she's really completed her program, she's got to be more open to it. She is, and I know this isn't retirement-specific, as she's got a few decades before she retires. Could she meet with you, even at a, a youthful age? Hi, Barbara. Congratulations to your daughter. Proud mom, mom moment here, it sounds like. Um, generally, um, most of the situations that we focus on are people in retirement or nearing retirement within that retirement red zone. Um, so really three to five years out from retirement. <clears throat> Ultimately, it would sort of depend um, on her goals, what she's looking to accomplish, um, you know, how much is she looking to save for retirement? Um, that would determine whether we'd be um, able to help her. She could reach out to the office, um, speak with Rick to just have us get a better understanding of her situation. Um, and then we could let her know before ever coming in whether that would be a possibility. Um, but keep in mind that we're, we're focused primarily on people in or near retirement that have sort of worked um, because you're coming into a unique set of um, 
challenges, if you will, as things converge with health care, as things converge with taxes and these retirement savings and needing to turn that into income. So our tools are really best geared towards that type of clientele. All right. Final question comes from D in Appleton. D manages some stocks online, she says, and uh, the app has been trying to get me to invest in treasury bonds almost every time I open it up. Is this a good choice? Hi, D. Well, I mean, treasuries are generally safer, but as we talk about on the radio all the time, Chuck talks about it, he gives out the information. The purpose purpose determines placement. That's the book that Sam has written and coined and we give out um, at the classes. Um, And for you radio listeners, we'll get you a copy if you come in. But ultimately, what are you trying to accomplish? And D, what I don't know is what's your tolerance for risk right now? Um, How long are you from retirement? How old are you? What do you have saved in assets? There's so many things that I don't know that it would be hard to say yes, treasuries, no, not treasuries. You know, what bucket of money are we talking about? So if you've got further questions, maybe more specific to your situation, give our office a call. We'd be happy to help um, when we can see a bigger picture. What I don't want to do is just shoot from the hip and give, you know, kind of general broad advice. And all of a sudden, you know, we're not factoring something in that's very specific to your situation because these plans, when we're talking about retirement planning, There is no one size fits all. This is custom to what you are looking for, what you are trying to accomplish, because no two families are the exact same. Absolutely. So this is why you've got to uh, deal with dual financial strategies. And whether it's Sam Duell or Andy Schooler or Luke Van Abel, uh, it's so safe to say that they're fiduciaries who have uh, your interests uh, first. Okay, that is what it's all about. And as Luke just alluded to, Sam's book, which is uh, in its second printing, uh, Purpose Determines Placement, will tell you all you want to know about where you should be in your retirement because what's the purpose of your retirement what's the what do you want to do in retirement uh, um, that will determine where you would place certain assets that they would uh, consult you about in their retirement lifestyle review so again all of this comes at no cost no obligation and it comes when you make the phone call to 866-203-7486 that's 866-203 7486. You'll get that wonderful uh, retirement lifestyle review. You will uh, meet with uh, some tremendous individuals who have your best interest in mind. Remember, that's first and foremost to them at Dual Financial Strategies. Well, Luke, it's been a wonderful show. I hope Sam and Andy uh, have had fun on whatever assignment. I don't think they're going to a hockey game or a football game, or maybe they went to the Masters, or I don't know, you don't have to tell me, but uh, it's been great having you on the show, and I know you've got some final thoughts. Yes, Chuck, it has been wonderful being here again. We look forward to seeing and having you all hear us next week, same time, same place. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.